It's free comic book day. I have the flu and I'm sweating my buns off. So you know what that means. Welcome to U.S. Comics Cast. I am joined this week and every week by the host, the CEO of U.S. Comics, my brother, my best friend, John Rivera. Yeah, and I'm joined by the COO, the tater tot to my french fry, Charlie Boom Boom Rivera. I like that so much, I require (laughs) it on a business card. Stat, just the whole thing. Picturing tater tots and french fries dancing around right now. <laughs> just delicious. Extra crispy is what I like about tater tots. Uh, funny that you used those two, uh, those two foods as uh, as the example. Uh, you you kind of identified both of us as sidekicks to bigger meals because that's a lot of potato. Can't just have that much starch. No. It's just bad for you. It's filling though. And just, frankly, delicious. You put a little hot cheese on that, a little nacho cheese goes a long goes a long you way. You have not lived until you've had truffle tater tots, my friend. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't totally Change understand. Change your what a, life. I don't totally understand what a truffle is. Is it like a mushroom? Yeah, that's exactly right. Nailed and, it. Uh, it takes incredibly trained pigs to snuffle them out. Which is really probably the best part of that story. This week on U.S. Comics Cast, Episode 3, we're going to dive into the wild world of sidekicks. Sidekick. <laughs> Amazing. That alone justifies sidekicks. Now, this week's going to be a lot different than our first two weeks. I'm not questioning much. We're going to dive into, into the world of sidekicks because you want to talk about a gateway drug for me? Just last week. I complained about junior members of things. I, I, I peed all over the junior Ghostbusters because oh, this boy. whole idea of, of kids kind of doing the same thing as adults, my stance hasn't really changed much. I, as, a, as a reader of funny books, as a purveyor of, of movies and television and cartoons, um, I always uh, kind of hated when they shoehorned in these little kids but there's always an exception that proves the rule and in this case it just keeps on um kind of proving the value of sidekicks but let's begin at the beginning uh when you and i were were little and and you were nice enough to uh to to bust out the action figures with me even though uh our age gap was there nice enough i was forced to and I'm, I'm still forced to, as a matter of fact. Yes, that's as, right. As I sit in my office, just surrounded by what I call collectibles. But we all know it's just <laughs> toys. Uh, I distinctly remember a time where you took some uh, electrical tape and, and painter's tape and a marker. And you took uh, a Batman figure I had that was Michael Keaton. Um, but like half Batman. Like the idea was there was a snap-on chest and a big sure. dumb helmet. But you made it like cooler. Because it obviously was all novelty huge. And I also had a Robin action figure um, that you did something very, very similar to. Dick Grayson, uh, to me, is the is the shining star of sidekicks. He's definitely the top of the mountain whenever the conversation of sidekicks, as the conversation often does. If you're at the office, if you're at the bank, yeah, you start talking about sidekicks. Hey, sure, what right? do you think about sidekicks? <laughs> yeah, enough about the political landscape. 
what's your stance on sidekicks? Well, I think it I think it does have some some impact because I think a lot of us, uh, some of us podcasters, um, really kind of put ourselves into a sidekick role and and we never climb out. We just kind <laughs> of settle in nice and comfy. There, there's always the uh, the you know Jerry the King Lawler had uh, had Jr. Regardless of Jr. being better on the stick than him, uh, let's be honest, Jr. was the sidekick. Uh, there's there's sidekicks throughout history, but Robin. When you were reading Number comics, one. how did mm-hmm. you discover uh, Robin as a character, specifically Dick Grayson, if he was kind sure. of the first sidekick you discovered? No, no, absolutely. Uh, at the at the uh, opening of my comic book reading years, it wasn't really Batman as a standalone. It was uh, a then as as it really is now. It's Batman and Robin. Like they they were like salt and pepper. They came as a they came as a package deal, and also you got to keep in mind I I grew up in the age of the syndicated uh, '60s Batman TV show, and when I'm watching them, if, you know I'm watching them on a Saturday. I got my PJs on, I got my bowl of cereal in front of me. I'm watching them. Hey baby, they're new to me. Uh, <laughs> matter of fact, uh, I, I could I couldn't explain to you how happy I was. When the the Batman TV show, the '60s TV show, got syndicated to weekdays, uh, because then it was just all episodes one after the other. Num, 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 num. It was I, I couldn't get enough. Yeah, but, that, um, yeah, that show really had had quite the life, considering how how few years it was really on. That 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 show is a gateway drug for a lot of people. Uh, we're sure. we're self-identified oh. Superman fanatics, and it wasn't it wasn't Superman. It, no, it, it, no, no. You know George Reeves was amazing. Retroactively, we had to get into that, but bright in color. Yeah, there, we had there. There are no there are no kids from from the eighties or or nineties. None of them were watching the George Reeves Superman. It just it just was was, was completely out of their context at that point. But the Batman TV show was was really perfect for that. But a little bit off the off the page, I think, especially for the fact that as a young uh, viewer or reader, you're going to associate because uh, when you're looking, even even the campiest version of a character, like uh, the campiest version of Batman, would have been uh, that version. Even then. He's still a figure of authority, uh, and and you, he's he's Batman. You're not going to be Batman. But then when you see Robin running around with his little green panties and yellow cape, you're thinking, "Hey, man, that could be me. I could definitely do that." Well, Robin, Robin to me especially solved a lot of my Batman problems because I hate the argument of. Well, you can't be Superman, you can't be Aquaman, but if you had money and training, you're ba- shut up. No, you're not. <laughs> if you have money and and time, you're a Kardashian. I've seen how that mm. shit works out. Elon Musk is as close to a Batman as we got, and I saw him on Joe Rogan's podcast. This he is, is true, yeah. no Batman, sir. <laughs> what What I loved about Robin as a character, not only extending outside of the 66 TV show, even though that was 
my earliest interpretation. Uh, and it worked in the comic and in the show. What was great about Robin was he was free to screw up. The, 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 the sidekick dynamic, even then in that medium, allowed a character who didn't know every answer. A lot of these main characters are know-it-alls. It's like kind of the number one complaint about Superman. He puts his hands on his hips and he's like, well, you shouldn't do X, Y, and Z. Sidekicks allow the freedom in storytelling for someone to go too far. Batman the Animated Series had this amazing arc with uh, with Robin. I believe it was, it was Dick Grayson um, finding out about his parents' killers. And he's like, nope, I can kill one guy. One hmm. guy is not going to taint it. And that's something that just, and you know, now obviously newer comic book stories and newer takes on, on Batman allow a little bit more of that, that gray area. You know, I don't have to save you. It's not the same as killing you. Yes, it is. Shut up, Christian Bale. Um, yeah, no, but, but Robin was a very justifiable, no, I, you should let me kill him. If you love me. You'll let me kill him. You know I'm a good person. You know I have a good heart. And that's the dynamic of sidekicks that I find most appealing. It was set, it was set by Robin. It was this, this, well, I don't understand. You have to explain it. And it can't yeah. just be dead words. We have to really go through it. And they screw up and they they have, can graduate like sure. Robin has into into Nightwing and leaving, you know, in my opinion, slightly lesser, lesser Robins since. Mm -hmm. But what do you find most appealing, if not about Dick Grayson, about sidekicks? Is it the same thing? Is there is there something else, or do you not see as much value in a sidekick? Well, you know what it is. It's a it's a bit of a mixed bag for me, because I I do agree with you. There's all right. Uh, there's there's a lot of uh, value in seeing your lead hero in a kind of. Um, uh, in a kind of uh, teaching capacity, in that uh, expert to 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 ward, for lack of a better term, relationship, I think there's a lot of value there because you get do get to see that character in a different sense, rather than the silent, brooding, solitary character. Um, and I, I I always joke again as a self admitted uh, Superman first <laughs> person. I always joke around that, you know, here Batman is the scowling, uh, I work by myself, uh, I'm, a, I'm a solitary guy type uh, character, but here he is surrounded by no fewer than a dozen or so miniature Batman <laughs> at any given time uh, and that he can call on at, at any point. It's kind of like the, the person who says, no, I hate cats. But the second that they get it from the house where there's there's cats, those cats will flock to that person. I just imagine Batman at an orphanage and all the kids running up to him like, just yeah, hugging up on his leg and he's going to make it a face. No, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of value in um, in the storytelling capacity in showing the character in a certain way. Uh, but then again, I also, as you know, and, and as you you do as well. I have a, a a staunch hatred for derivative characters, so it's it's really six of one, half a dozen of the other in my case. Because on one hand, I I do like the idea of a a second 
so to speak, or a junior, um, even if it's not necessarily age, uh, age making up the difference, but I, but I don't like it if they're just uh, a variation of that original character, which is in the golden age, what they love to do. You have a character, they start to do well, give them a, yeah, a kid, junior, younger version. They're going to be a derivative of that original character. <laughs> Terrible. I hate that. Yeah. It's, it's a weird, um, you know, generally, I, I usually identify them as as legacy characters. Um, you know, uh, to a bad example would be like Batgirl. Batgirl was was more more just kind of Chick Robin than than anything else to me. But I, I almost oh, hate really? like the. Uh, I don't associate Batgirl with Robin um, at all. Even except initially, to say that they're yeah, the, except to say that they're both part of the Bat. Family. I would actually put if if Robin is sidekick um, on Mount Rushmore, he's you know he's got the number one position. I would put Batgirl as like one A. I think they're really close. You know, and 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 it could be just that my memory's deceiving me because Gail Simone's take on on Batgirl was uh, mind altering for me. I cannot oversell. What Gail Simone's work on on Batgirl means to me, um, liter like as a piece of literature, as a long form, um, she worked on that book for a very very long time. So Barbara Gordon kind of grew into this amazing character out of a, a lot of feeling like a plot device. She kind of felt uh, akin to like Tim Drake to me and and the the lesser Robins. But well, I don't no disagree. Way. She's grown uh, into a tremendous character. I just kind uh, of she's... consider everything. Everything pre-Gale, either yeah. I wasn't privy to or I just uh -huh. misread, to be totally yeah, honest. No, I, I have her head and shoulders above any one of the uh, secondary and tertiary Robins that came thereafter, even the ones that are related to them. Um, actually, you, you know who I have a lot of respect for? And I, I apologize if I misquote it, but I think the actual book was Robin uh, 3000. Which was yes. a, a, a future, oh yeah. It was a future Robin. It was, um, it was, you know, the, the like an Elseworlds type thing. But it was an ongoing. It wasn't a one shot. It was an ongoing series, and um, it existed in the future. It was after Batman and Robin and all the millions of derivatives uh, derivatives uh, happened, and and uh, you know went the way of the dodo. And then there was an alien insurrection. He was blonde. He like was he was, way he was blonde. Yeah, this was before the era of like uh, Eminem. But if you look back on it now, you're like, oh shit, Eminem was Robin at one point. A future relation of Wayne picks up the mantle of Batman, and he's kind of like a he's kind of like a terrorist uh, type of um, entity for these alien invaders. It was like if uh, if V had uh, had a Batman running around there, yeah. but spoiler alert: that Batman bites it big time and leaves Robin behind as a solo act. Um, and 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 Homeboy picked up picked it up and ran with it. He didn't say, "Okay, well then that means I'm the next Batman." No, he was Robin, and he Robins his way through that whole series. I had to look up the the cover because I was vaguely picturing it because this is one of those books that you handed down to me. There was kind of no collecting 
for uh, for a long time in our household. It was like you would absorb it and I'd get it and I would fuck it. It would become part of my life for a while. So I remember this. I remember him being blonde. I didn't remember the green and gold suit, which I kind of love. And the 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 throwback cover. He has a gold robot. He has a, a girl on his arm. They both have like laser blasters. Blasters. Um, the twenty first descendant of Bruce Wayne. Um, that's it's so like, man. I love Elseworlds, especially when it's when it's good. Um, and kind of legitimized or, or helped legitimize the 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 kind of Robin title. Which I think in the last few years has taken a little bit of a beating, with there being like Red Robin and and uh-huh. I'm also Robin and I'm not quite I'm Robinette. I did like the Robins. They did this amazing. I think it was during the New Fifty Two. Actually, I read a lot of those books, and there was actually a lot of gold to be mined. It was the it was the big seven titles that really led for something to be desired or left something to be desired. But the weird, like the Robins book, it was like a gang of Robins. Who wanted to take back the city because it became? Yeah, I mean, at this point, if you gathered up every Robin that ever existed, you could pretty much populate an entirely new comic book universe. Yeah, God, they maybe they should like World of Robins. I'd read it. I'd give it five issues. Well, what did you think about Frank Miller's Robin? You know, I. You have to again. I, I kind of identified myself as a as a big robin fan um so the 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 character i'm very very protective of on top of that i i will full-on say i i borderline i like batman fine batman fan it's always the cop-out i have it's but it's batman fans it's the yankee fans not the yankees that bother me but batman kind of bugs me and Frank Miller's book is 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 genius, right? Yeah, I mean, Dark the Knight, Dark Knight Returns is one of the crown jewels of comic book. Dumb. There's there's no debate about that. For for me, uh, Carrie Kelly is an amazing evolution of the mantle. The Robin mantle has peaks and valleys for me. Sure. And I lo- the 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 idea of like the the Halloween costume being the the costume she utilizes the slingshot the throwback nature she to me is is everything in that book she's yeah. the reason I regard that book so so highly I think if you take her out of it um, it loses so much of its of its value she is the epitome of the the light in the dark. In in a lot of ways, and I know that well, kind of sure. sounds obtuse and silly. No, but that's their dichotomy: is is you don't when you have, um, when you have a Robin who's just a miniature Batman, it's nowhere near as as uh, interesting. Same thing I think with Stephanie Brown; she's not, um, she's not really, um, you know, as the spoiler. I think she's more like a miniature Batman. Then you know, uh, as as you know, when she's, um, w- you know, when she's uh, running alongside him, you know. Yeah, it's 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 strange though because again, I don't traditionally like legacy characters. Robins, Robins, at least half the time, I think really awesome. 
Uh, what about... I think you don't like legacy characters because Robin didn't like legacy characters. The last thing in the world that he wanted to do was, you know, pick up the mantle of Batman at any point, which, you know, the books, the books show. Even when the opportunity arose and it seemed like a natural thing, you know, they had to go and, uh, you know, Azrael became Batman after he got his, his back broke just because, you know, Robin didn't want to do it. And it was weird too because there's this great there's this great son father dynamic where it's like he still kind of wanted the offer. There yeah, was well, yeah, still that, this like well if I that's get not to Charlie refuse in a nutshell, my meal. I don't know what is. No, I don't want to go to the party but I want to be invited. Wow, that is aggressively accurate. <laughs> aggressively aggressively accurate. Uh Jason Todd stunk. He stunk well, on ice. He was he was just not Dick Grayson in a world where, where, where kind of Dick got got promoted, where for the Titans and got to pull his Nightwing, oof magoof. When, <laughs> when the comic book readers, in a landslide vote to kill you off, you were not a good Robin. Yeah, it's it's uh it's bad news bears. Uh, what uh so is there a particular so the, when we were talking about the 1966 Batman. What popped yeah. in my head were these sidekicks that arguably are the the muscle and the brains and everything about it because I immediately thought of Green Hornet. Oh, sure. Kato's yeah. a sidekick. It doesn't matter that he's worlds better. Yeah, and what in what universe is Kato a sidekick to anybody? Bruce Lee is secondary to no man, living or dead. You're not wrong, but in the world of sidekicks... He had to draw with uh, Robin. How? Yeah. I bad mean, not of a in China. In China, they call it the Kato Show, as they should. But like, watch Kato help this American nincompoop, this stumbling, bumbling fool. Just the just the worst. Are there any others with with sidekicks? The ones that always pop into my head are obviously Dick Grayson, Kato, and then I go a little bit on a on a weird tangent. Not quite a comic book. But there's Jason Mewes' Chronic to Kevin Smith's Blunt Man. Okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. Again, a character who I don't think is comfortable being a sidekick, but is well, definitely he, a sidekick. He definitely, uh, with, with, uh, <laughs> with Jay, um, that's, that's, I think, the interesting part of that dynamic is that I don't think he realizes that he's a sidekick. I don't think he knows he's Robin. He thinks he's Batman. Which is which? You think the 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 pointy bat ears, being on Blunt Man suit <laughs> might give it away, but I guess yeah, there well. there are drug problems. I didn't want to just hemp night. <laughs> Before we get back into the the strict comic book talk, uh, I did like our game from last week, so I have a similar one. I want you to there, there's there's kind of no limitation. I might ask for justification, but all I want you to do is I pulled up uh, a bunch of sidekicks all throughout pop culture. And I just wanted to have you rank them, scale of one to ten. Uh, pretty, pretty quick, easy game. Low stakes, no points, because last week I crushed you, points wise. I feel really bad about that. Uh, just don't make me have you replay the episode from last week this week, because it'll seem like a rerun. But nobody's believing that story, pal. Hey, listen, because I'm a sidekick, I would do it, but I won't be happy about it. So uh, the inevitable sidekick heel turns. So, exactly. Ah, uh, damn your inevitable betrayal. Uh, 
Well, I'll start you off with an easy one. Scale of, uh, do, do you want to do scale of one to ten or one to five? What's easier for you? How much oh, nuance do you need? Let's go one to five. One to five. We got Joseph Blue Pulaski from uh, the, the, the sidekick to the boys of Lambda Epsilon Omega from old school. What are you ranking wow. blue? Scale of one to five. Five being Dick Grayson as Robin. One being Jason Todd as Robin. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, poor Blue, and and Blue was my boy. There's no denying that. Well, you know, I'm gonna know. go. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and give him a strong, a, 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 on the plus side of a three. Spoiler alert: His death was uh, heart wrenching, and uh, it set up that shooting Spock off into space scene <laughs> that every every movie needs. But yeah, no, I would give him a three. Fair enough. What about a uh, sidekick to uh, to Roger Raj Thomas from What's Happening? Let's talk about Fred Rerun Stubbs. Oh, Rerun, Rerun, baby! <laughs> First of all, just the, just his dance moves alone <laughs> give him a solid four, maybe four plus. If you if you did not show them the title sequence, you let them watch a couple of episodes. You you ask them what what do you think that show is called? Like my boy Cato. Someone might say, oh, that's the rerun show. Matter of fact, probably some people do refer to it that way. God, he was the man. That would be such a confusing title. The rerun show had a rerun today. Be like, damn it. No, stop it. Yeah, but it. it's a new episode. What are you talking about? I don't understand. Just boom. Just shoot yourself in the face. <laughs> just uh, you actually gave him a shout out last week. Uh, let's talk about Salhala. Uh, Sala. How would I pronounce that? Indiana Jones from Raider of the Lost Ark. Uh, my boy from uh, from Sliders. Is it oh, yeah. Sala? Is that how I pronounce it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? For well, the for the non-ethnic uh, out there, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm not even yeah, gonna try it. He's dynamite. I mean, the fact of the matter is, look, it took two people to raise the ark from its resting place down in the tombs, and uh, Lord knows Adrian wasn't lifting anything but the vodka to her lips. Let's let's say we'll give him a solid four. Point oh, because um, he definitely dropped the dropped the ball with the whole flag thing, dropping dropping the rope, leaving my boy in a snake infested hole in the ground. A real bastard, but, uh, that way. But certainly, again, you know, he was uh, he was instrumental in locating the final resting place. So let's give him a four for uh, for putting him on this list as a sidekick. I might have to bite his shiny metal ass. But let's talk about Bender bending Rodriguez. Oh, come on. Give me a break. Again, Bender is one of those situations where he has zero idea that he's in sidekick <laughs> territory. Um, he's he's going to be a 4.5. Very nice. What about Igor from Young Frankenstein? Oh, again, uh, that's that's very difficult. I, I, grant, I grant you he would be a sidekick in the... Webster's definition of the term. Yeah, I'd have to. He'd have to be pretty strong. Let, let's let's give him a three point five because, uh, granted, he almost got our our beloved Doctor Frankenstein killed because of his lack of um, charade skills. So he's not too high, but I gotta love him. I gotta. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I'm gonna fight you on that on that score a little bit, man. I grew almost everything up for everybody. Well, but I mean, what are you? I'm curious to see. You were talking head. about it also or earlier uh, for a plot device. Sometimes sides has got to have some room to fuck it up. You know what? Touche. That's <laughs> why you get paid the big bucks. What about um, 
probably the only guy that comes out looking good in Pretty in Pink. Uh, Ducky. Uh, Ducky is a loser, man. I have real. I like Ducky hurts my soul. He bums me out as a character. Yeah, Ducky is depressing. Ducky's the worst. So what's that score? Is he getting I'm a gonna give him a one five. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna give him a one on the sidekick scale, and I'm gonna give him a point five on the fashion scale. Wow, that's where I disagree. That's a fashionable <laughs> young man. The you problem would. is, if U.S. Comics takes off even a little, I'm gonna dress the worst. It's gonna be so irritating. I'm going to think I look so cool. I have a real Ducky oh sensibility. God. And you're already irritating. I can't imagine. Yeah, it's just just mentally prepare. Side note, do you know she was supposed to end up with Ducky? And uh, and the actress was like, nah, that wouldn't happen. Oof. Wow. Oof, my goof, Molly, that hurts. Ringwald, you have, you have some answers to think. Yeah, Molly's, Molly's cold-blooded. Uh, what about Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen? Uh, Jimmy Olsen, uh, I would... Uh, that's... If if the ball came back around to me, um, that's what I was gonna put out there. Jimmy Olsen to me is your kind of a, a, a quintessential sidekick in that non-derivative world. There is nothing Superman about Jimmy Olsen, but when you say Jimmy Olsen, you instantly think Superman. Um, he was he was again he was a sidekick, second fiddle, so to speak. To both Clark Kent and Lois Lane, um, and again he progressed storylines. He he had heroic moments of his own, but really, for a reader who's looking at these amazing feats and accomplishments and and actions of your underwear on the outside type characters, or even you know heroic. Uh, um, heroic reporting <laughs> putting yourself in, in harm's way um he was he was a different tier but he was right there and you know people characters like that people like that real life and uh in, in fiction they always have my respect because they really have no business being there but there they are nonetheless i mean i even loved it in in christopher reeve's films um you even had jimmy olsen uh, in such a small role and and not quite the the comic book version, still homeboy was was getting those stories. He was putting them, putting himself in, in the way, yeah. uh, with the best of intentions. That's another character who's like, no, my job is to do X, Y, and Z. I'm going to yeah, do right. it. It's for the betterment of people to to know these. It's a, it's actually a very. He's another one of those characters I just kind of I kind of love. So what's his uh, what's his ranking? I mean, Jimmy Olsen's got to be a 4.5 at least just for the fact that no one rocks a bow tie like him. That is a that is a, a sharp fashion statement. Having Look recently dress, seen man. the second nicest bow tie knot uh, at New York Comic Con 2018, uh, it was adorned by you. That was a beautiful, this is true. This is true. beautiful bow tie. I was very you impressed. Uh, what, about, <laughs> what about Larry David's sidekick, Jeff Green, on Curb Your Enthusiasm? Ah, uh, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Look, you know, as a, I'm in a bit of a, I'm in a bit of a quagmire because sidekicks are um, are either uh, plot devices to advance story arcs or they are assisting their their leads, right? And uh, Jeff is outstanding at advancing the plot 
because he's so stupid. He's one of those guys that you just shake your fist at and scream at the screen. What are you doing? Um, so in terms of his ability um, and and uh, tendency to to help his lead character, he's absolute hot garbage, hot smelly garbage. He's the juice at the bottom of a garbage can that smells like nothing that's ever uh, gone into the can before. Jesus. So where that smell comes from, I don't know. Um, but in terms of storytelling and 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 uh, comedy, he's dynamite. He's so funny. So uh, he that's a tough one. But I'm gonna say I'm gonna give him a three point five. Wow. Uh, what about Piglet, Winnie the Pooh's sidekick? <laughs> Piglet, you gotta be kidding me. Is he even an actual character? I just assumed he was some kind of like a, like a skin tag or something that fell off of Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> That's cold-blooded. Fun fact, when I played Winnie the Pooh in children's theater, I was dating the girl who played Piglet, and I oh, definitely no. at least scarred one child's life because we were like yeah. making out. By like the picnic table, and that child is me yeah. right now. I'm forever scarred with it by that thought. Uh, Piglet's weak. P- Piglet is a—he's uh, literally uh, just a, a chain around my man's chubby little ankle. I'm gonna have to give him a one. So now I don't know if you'll agree with this. I think it's open to debate. I would argue Silent Bob is Jay's sidekick. Yeah, that well, I I know of one person that would definitely agree with you and that is jay um you know what it's uh it's it's definitely interesting i think for most of their adventures that's exactly the dynamic even just because of the fact that jay is out in front he's doing all the talking um and it's often uh, almost exclusively his bad decision making that puts the two of them in the uh, situation that they happen to be in. But as soon as, uh, as soon as my, my boy Bob opens his mouth and comes up with some beautifully well said poetic type of logic and knowledge and drops it on you like a, like an Acme anvil on top of a, you know, on top, on top of Wiley Coyote's head, there's no debate that he is the primary and Jay is the sidekick. Again, just looking at Blunt Man and Chronic, one of them has got pointy ears, one of them doesn't. I'll let you put two and two together. Fair enough. That can go scoreless. What about uh, Paul Schaefer, David Letterman's sidekick from The Late Show? <laughs> looking. A lot of people don't <laughs> look it. A lot of people <laughs> don't realize what a what a musical genius that man was. Let's go. Let's go ahead and throw him a, a solid three. Very nice, Barney Rubble. Uh, Barney. Look, Bar- Barney, I think, was just a long-suffering, complicated man. I think there was more going on behind those heavy-lidded eyes that uh, that the animators uh, uh, let the kids, uh, you know, think. Just to advance him against some of these other scores, let's throw him a 3-8. Very nice. Very nice. Do you think his wife was cheating on him? That's the vibe I always got. What are you talking about? Betty was all into the man. Once you go rubble, you never come back. Fair enough. Uh, John Oates from Hall and Oates. I would argue <laughs> Oates would be Daryl's sidekick. Look, I mean, you got you got to score him pretty high just just for that afro that he was rocking <laughs> and the mustache, um, the the facial hair alone. I think that's gonna give him a three a three point two. That's the main thing I'm learning about you. 
working on the on the comic, working on on publishing our series. Uh, you're a big fan of the mustache. Yeah, who who's not? I ju- you've never had just a mustache. I disagree. When I was born, I had just a mustache. You know what? Touche. Uh, what about <laughs> Garth from uh, from uh, Wayne's World? Yeah, again, I mean, you keep on throwing these sidekicks, quote-unquote, at me that really rival their their lead characters, at least in terms of popularity, because, um, you know, while, while, um, while granted more of the talking might have been done, um, you know, uh, you know, on one side, I, I really got to say Garth is maybe, I mean, maybe it's not even a debate. Maybe it's just a fact of the matter. He's just more lovable, more likable, more lovable. Uh, doesn't make you the, the lead. It was Wayne's world, not Garth's planet. Yeah. But once you get past the title card, you have the two of them. So I wouldn't, I really wouldn't say he's a sidekick. I would say it's a 50, 50 situation. Wow. DQ'd for being a sidekick. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace, Goose. Let's talk about uh, a goose uh, and Maverick from Top Gun. Uh, goose is integral. Um, I think Goose kept Maverick in the fight on many an occasion, and um, even from beyond the grave, his memory is what uh, what really kicks Maverick into into uh, um, into the afterburner. Really activates with the memory of Goose. Who can forget that heart wrenching moment? When Tony, uh, Tony, uh, tiny, <laughs> tiny little Maverick throws his dog tags of his dearly departed friend. I'm sure his wife, Meg Ryan, would have liked those. Thanks a lot, Maverick. But he sure. throws him into the ocean instead. Like, he doesn't even care. Like, it's the heart of the ocean, and he's about to die of incredibly old age, like a real son of a bitch. Um, he's, he's right up there. Goose, Goose is right up there. I'm going to go ahead and give him a 4-6. Damn. Four six, well done. All right, you ready for the speed round? No, I got a couple of throw at you. So Hit me. Let me wrench the microphone away from you. One of you got to wrestle. You got to wrestle me, baby. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a sidekick, fun, the, but I'm an aggressive one. The fundamental step up uh, sidekick characters, and I think that's a real big proponent. You one can only be sidekick for so long. I realized that in the comic book universe, you may have a, 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 a title gone on for 50 years and everybody seems to be the same age for 50 years. Time just stops. Yeah. Um, but not in U.S. That, comics, baby. <laughs> that's right. But but uh, in uh, the official sidekick lifespan, at some point, the sidekick must step up and as you said sometimes take over all right but sometimes they have to take over from their from their lead uh sometimes they have to step out on their own sometimes the decision is not theirs an absolute fundamental character that we have to talk about with sidekicks is one of my all-time favorites hit girl oh. hit girl starts as a as an adorable little sidekick doesn't look like she can hurt a fly. Turns out she can she can do things to the fly that the fly didn't think could happen in its wildest 24-hour lifespan uh, dreams. Uh, and then Big Daddy goes down like a, like a sack of beans, and she steps up. And and one one could argue 
that um, she becomes the lead character and the kick-ass is like her sidekick because she, look, she can go about her day without even thinking about kick-ass, much less having um, him beside her as she's doing her vigilanteing. Um, but her youth, her her look, her exuberance, and uh, you know the fact that she was so effective as a little murderous machine, I think puts her in the the absolute. She's absolutely on the Mount Rushmore sidekicks. What do you think? Oh, a thousand percent. Mindy McCready, one of my all time favorite uh, tragedy to to hero. She totally pulls a Batman. She takes care of Kick-Ass because he is the yellow, you know, the, the yellow cape of masked adventurers. It is to totally justify uh, keeping her lifestyle the way it is. And what I really love about that character, the movie alludes to it, kind of drops the ball in the sequel. But the comic, you know, Mark Miller went on to write a comic for her. Uh, Hit Girl is it was a was a, a series. She got to kind of do do her own her own story yeah, that she way. She takes center stage because she literally went from being a sidekick, didn't want to t- much like Robin Three Thousand, did it, which sounds like my like a, a hot new rapper with tattoos all over his face. <laughs> just just gonna throw that out there. The potential rappers take a comic book vibe. Just tattoo some comic book shit on your face. We have a lot of <laughs> logos here at U.S. Comics. Follow us on Instagram. Read U.S. Comics. Um, what I love about her is she is the epitome of not Dick Grayson. She is she is as cunning. She's as smart. She's she's as worthy of that that Mount Rushmore of sidekicks. With that being said, uh, she is a, a foul mouth. She'll chop off your head. She'll bifurcate your pee hole. She is. <laughs> In every way, uh, a badass. You want to talk about uh, about a change in the atmosphere. You want to talk about gender stereotypes being completely omitted. Let's talk about Hit Girl. She well, has girl about, in her yeah, name. What about the ageists out there? My God, what is she? Ele- she's supposed to be eleven. She yeah, she's not not quite eleven yet. When when uh, the when she first uh, pops up. Um, you know, she's a she's a kid I mean, and, and her entire life she was trained to be this um this little vigilante machine and, and boy oh boy was she. And and what I like about the, the character as a whole, which is always the sign of a really well written character, her being a girl affected her title and that's it. Everything else oh, about yeah, her yeah, could be absolutely. a dude. Uh, even yeah, even when they get into in the sequel and it touches upon it in the comics a bit, even when they get into her her big mouth uh, time in school where she's attracted to boys and she's worrying about this, that and a third, it's still played universal. It's yeah, like, that- oh, I have a crush and I'm a badass. It's the Hulk wanting to be Black Widow. By the way, that was that was a pretty that was a pretty out there reference. They're like, you know, her big mouth time is going like, when was she was never really lippy. Oh, you mean the, oh, you mean the animated series big mouth? You can always right, tell it. like what's going on in my life by the references. <laughs> I presume people understand. Sure. Big well, mouth yeah, on Netflix. At any given moment, I can always see your, 
your view, viewing history on Netflix. So yeah. I do have that advantage. Literally, someone just go ahead and, and if you could tweet Nick Kroll for me, that'd be great. Be like, you got a <laughs> shout out on this podcast. That's Please two, pay attention. That's two Nick Kroll references in one episode. That's That, that might be an all time. Well, you know what happened is I, I clearly watched Big Mouth, then went on a YouTube killing spree of Kroll <laughs> show, finished all of it. Now I'm watching like weird interviews where he has like the stock five jokes because they do a hundred interviews a day. But Hit Girl is a uh, Hit Girl is amazing. Hit Girl is one All of right. my one of my favorites. Now let let me go ahead and hit you with this one because as I've I've as previously stated, I am no way a fan of the derivative characters. Uh, basically, a miniature version of your lead character in either a youthful. Or female version, and hey, all of a sudden now we have a new title. Baloney, sir, you have nothing. Good day. Um, so, so in the golden age, you saw that a lot, um, and then you know more recently, you're starting to see it uh, once again with these secondary characters. You have Teen Titans. You got you know the, we got the miniature Marvels running around, and uh, I just say blah. But yeah. one of the um, one of the exceptions, I think. Um, started off in that way and ended up spinning off into a very different thing. And I'm talking about Captain America's own, at one point, Ward, and then Best Friend, and then Replacement, and then God knows what, uh, Bucky Barnes. So, you know, here you have a character who has been literally every iteration of a sidekick, quote-unquote, that you can be, been every flavor under the sun, um and and just really at this point and now it's a question of okay well which version of bucky do you like best and uh so i'll throw that to you which one do you like best uh well i'll start with the one i like least aesthetically i think he's very pleasing uh world war ii bucky og bucky his father's you know his father's uh is killed in a training camp he was raised an army brat a chiseled you know a, a chiseled chin 15-year-old symbol of, of American youth and patriotism, uh, he, can, he can kick rocks. Uh, huh. For me, Bucky, Bucky came into, into my life, uh, Ed Brubaker, uh, acclaimed writer. He's the one that brings him back from the dead and, uh, and begins the, the whole Winter Soldier, um, the whole Winter Soldier story. The plane so exploded. it's a sidekick as evil foil that's that yeah that's i like i like the and and that justified the history to me that in hindsight bucky barnes becomes a much better sidekick because the more he means the more devastating it is that now he's a dick hmm. you know what i'm saying i i'm not well, yeah, a huge but- fan of like uh department x and he was cryogenically frozen that's a bit much to me but you know i have a predilection for people with metal arms and uh, <laughs> and bucky wears it well um, when he eventually takes on the mantle, of course that that tugs at my heartstrings too. Um, I don't love when they do that. Captain I gonna, America. I was going to ask you, you you prefer that because I know you were never a fan of the idea of Robin becoming Batman. Yeah, you know, I I, I didn't love it. It just made uh, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, the the idea of Captain America in that universe being a symbol, um, 
it struck the same chord with me that with Death of Superman, they were uh-huh. like the four uh, four people that tried to take the mantle, and we'll disregard. Uh, and I love the characters, to be honest. That'll be a whole episode. Um. Because they, I, I do have a very special, a special place in my heart for Eradicator, Superboy, and uh, Cyborg Superman. But Steel was really the character in that story that said, "Okay, well, this symbol means something. I'm going to take the, the symbol. I'm not trying to be the man." Right. Uh, the the he super, never said that he was. Yeah. Literally, the Superman. His that gimmick just, was that Superman needs to exist. When Bucky Barnes takes on the mantle of Captain America. There's a lot of factors to it that are just uh, great. I love the costume design. That does go a, a distance for me. I do love that it was different because, again, he was saying, I'm I'm Captain America. I'm not the Captain America. It made sense that he could wield the shield because of his bionic arm. And I love that he kept uh, a knife and pistol on him because he's a soldier. He's not, he's not uh, necessarily held back by the same um, guiding principles that Steve Rogers is. Um, also, I kind of really love with that story, they really started um, working him in with um, Black Widow. They developed kind of a, a king, a kinship over over loss um, a bit. But for me, the end-all be-all would be that first run as, uh, as Winter Soldier. When he comes back to Winter Soldier as after Steve comes back, that's all fine. I think the character's Okay, I, I think he's a lot of fun in the movies when they when they let him be Winter Soldier is one of my favorite Marvel movies. Um, sure. Although that's well, like that's like saying pizza is one of my favorite foods. Huh. Um, but for it's me, Bucky Barnes, it's a great story jumping off point when you have a best friend or a ward or you know whatever an associate, a neighbor, whatever. And when they become the enemy, then then obviously it's a whole different set of circumstances. Now that being said, the whole um, the whole uh, um, closeness factor going in there um, it, for it works for heroes just as it does. It works as heroes just as it does for villains. So I would put out to you that Joker's sidekick is Harley Quinn, and um, Brandon, you have. Um, you have a certain dynamic where it's romantic, but it, there's definitely hero worship. She would, she certainly wants to be just like him. She'll do whatever he, whatever he asks, without asking any questions. Where do you put Harley? You know what I'm actually surprised at is they've never, or at least to my knowledge, I don't have a super extensive uh, extensive knowledge on on Harleen, but um, they've never really played the story that she hates Batman. Because of how much of Joker's attention he gets. Oh, that's interesting. Like I like if, if tomorrow DC said pen a story, that's the story. Is I have Harley legit trying to fucking end Batman. Sure, because, out of jealousy. Sure, yeah, I get because it. that's I would argue that Joker's Joker's main interest, his main love interest in a lot of ways, is Batman. Um, not necessarily romantic love, but love nonetheless. Again, this is true. he talks a lot about, you know, where two sides of a coin harley is the same side of joker's coin i'm not, I'm not really sure that he's capable of any kind of love or affection or connection other than batman but um how maddening must that like be? A, say, say what now how maddening must that be because all of these sidekicks are looking for approval in one form or another 
Oh, sure, sure. But again, that that's part of, I think, it's like that parent that's incapable of showing the love uh, in spite of themselves, and that just ends up pushing the kid to more and more uh, in one direction or the other. But um, just like DC did to Jared Leto, let's put Joker behind us and uh, go on to, to a guy who I'm shocked that you have not brought up considering your slavish devotion to Daredevil. And I, I'm talking about our, our pudgy best friend in the world, Foggy Nelson. Where do you put Foggy? Uh, I love me some Foggy. Uh, you want to talk about what I would look like in a bow tie? Look no further <laughs> than my than my main man, Foggy Nelson. You know, I, uh, I'll lean a little heavily on the, on the Netflix series. Foggy is... The definition of do the re- his relationship with Matt is more important than everything else, including his beliefs, including his opinions, including his livelihood. He puts Matt first. He doesn't believe in the mission of Daredevil. He believes in Matt Matt Murdock. Um, sure. As, as far as devotion goes, I don't know if you get more devoted uh, than than him. Uh, you know, such a... His strong disagreements with the way Matt does things mm-hmm. is only... It only makes the relationship more important to me. Um, right. one, one might argue that he... He hates Daredevil for love of his a love of Matt Murdock. I don't I don't disagree at all. And if you look at that character, uh, when he was sick and and dying, still he was very much trying to put himself at the at the servitude of of uh, of Matt. In a lot of ways, we kind of made fun of it before with with Igor. But the same way, like Igor's entire purpose. In in Ford Frankenstein, the doctor, not the monster. Um, it's it's his entire life, almost, and and that's that's foggy, and it's a, it's from a weird place. It's from a weird place. They kind but of you know, so together, that, went to school together. It is, it is obviously misguided, and uh, this is where reality sometimes can slip into your four color funny books. Um, everybody knows, you know. Hopefully, at this point. They've had, they've collected enough life experiences to know that when you put all of your attention and focus into another person, inevitably they will disappoint you. And um, you know we've seen that happen in in the comics. We've seen it happen in the show to a certain degree, where he's put every every ounce of himself into another person, and that person ends up in one way or another, sometimes in spite of themselves or not realizing it, letting letting him down. So Foggy, I think, is one of those characters where a lot of readers can see themselves because even though they might not have been in those precise uh, positions, maybe they weren't, uh, you know, spandex clown uh, running around, bullseyes throwing out their head. Um, they've, they've been there where they've dedicated every ounce of themselves to their detriment, you know, their finances, their career, um, their whatever. Yeah. And then they get left out and they, that other person is not putting out that same 102% effort level. Then all of a sudden you get, um, 
you know, then you get a resentment and then you get a separation and then you get distance and that can hurt just as much. So foggy, foggy is the real deal. Foggy is a person. And, and one of the, the best written characters, you know what I find to be the, the, the saddest thing about foggy is that foggy will ultimately go through all these trials and tribulations with fucking blind Matt. And, um, and then ultimately, when push comes to shove, and he's put to the decision um, in certain circumstances, he will go ahead and make the right decision, do the right thing, and know for a fact, a solid, no doubt about a fact, that if the roles were reversed, Matt would fuck him over. Matt would not make that same decision. He'd have his own justification, his own goofy Sonic Daredevil way of thinking. And um, and Foggy knows this and still goes and, and does the right thing. God bless Foggy. Yeah, man. So with that being said, I have to ask a very simple question. Uh, I look at our over 60-person roster. Growing every day, by the way. Read U.S. Comics. Mm-hmm. Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, don't. Don't remind me, dude. I, I gotta stop drawing. Uh, well, I, I've I've given up on holding you back. The roster is gonna be 105 by the time well, we publish issue one. Uh, with that being said, I look at our lineup. We don't really have sidekicks. Was that was that intent? Now there's there is a character who who looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, probably wants to be a duck. Not quite a duck. Um, we'll yeah. we'll get into that in the in the future. Sure. Um, was there an active mentality towards living in a world? Again, our first three issues happen well into our story. Um, so people are going to get to see a very established world. Our world avoids this comic book kind of uh, uh, flagpole, this, this, this huge element of comic bookdom. Our, of all media, really, we kind of just... I brought up Lenny and Squiggy, for God's sakes. Huh. What was the idea, or was it an idea, to to leave sidekicks on the back burner for now, at least? Yeah, well, you know what's interesting is um, I do have a very, as you alluded, there is a character that people will probably look to and think, sidekick. Um, they'll be hard pressed to point to, uh, whom, whom this character may or may not be a sidekick to, uh, and you'll, you'll find out very quickly that that's very much not the case, but I do have, uh, a specific sidekick character. It in just, mind. A, it just occurred to me that about yeah, and, and, six um, weeks ago you created a new character mm-hmm. and, and, um, it, it's a, she, uh, I, I, we don't want to give too much away, but there's um there's there are some very specific sidekick ish type elements that I think are are very much worth exploring and that readers uh, appreciate and can definitely connect to. Um, but largely, um, these are characters who, if you're talking about sixty characters, you're also talking about sixty different directions. There's a handful of groupings that exist both out of necessity and out of choice but there aren't very many um there aren't very many mantles to hand down there's not much 
uh, hero worship. Because again, and I realize it sounds a little silly when you're talking about a four color funny book, but um, we, as you know, we, we really try to kind of place these, uh, these um, converging storylines in a place of reality where even though these are spectacular, fantastic type uh, circumstances presenting themselves now, what people would do in those situations, human nature is, is human nature. So even though in our world, in the real world, there are not superpowers, there is not magic, there is not a sense of um, uh, every man for himself type of thing and, and get well again is good. Um, still, if that were the case, humans are, are humans and, and non-humans. <laughs> um, people do... Uh, people will do what they do, and 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 on a long enough timeline, there's going to be someone who you want to point to say that I can be that, I want to be that, uh, and and how am I going to do it? So I, I, you know, ultimately, it was almost inevitable that certain that certain of these characters would show their faces. But what I think is really interesting is not necessarily that they exist, but what happens. After they exist, where's where is that going to go? Is so, is so, you know, are they going to like it? Are they not going to like it? Are, are people going to be in, in danger? Is it going to be uh, a weakening position as opposed to a helping position? I think that's that's very interesting storytelling, and and also it's a, it's a really good tool to show your characters in a very different capacity than what maybe comes most natural to them, which is just you know kicking ass taking names, you know, comic book pose, superhero landing type stuff. Um, but also the, the real world, um, the real world attachments that come when you put more than two people together. I love that. I love that. Well, that's another episode in the books. Make sure uh, you are going to our SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. Please rate, comment, subscribe, tell a friend, do all that stuff so we can keep this free goodness coming to you week after week. Again, the social medias are all read US Comics. Go to our website as well. We had a great time in New York Comic Con. We'll talk more about that next week for John Rivera, the CEO. I am Charlie Rivera, and we will see you next comic book day. Peace.